All right, peeps, we're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Bence, and this is the AEW Insider. This is our special 4th of July episode. Uh, it's not special because anything special is going to be like really introduced in the episode, but it's just special because it's one of my many, many, one of my not, and listen to me, many, excuse me, I'm trying to make you guys feel bad for me, but it is true, but one of my days that I do not have off, one of the very few days that I have off from work, since I'm a full-time dad and I do work seven days a week, and I'm here doing this show for you, so that's why this episode is special. Uh, let's get right to some AEW news, though. In a recent interview, Tony Khan said that AEW is not looking for new talent right now. Of course, if somebody big, you know, if their contract is up or if somebody they just can't let pass by, they will sign them. But they are content in what they have right now. All right, so right now they have a roster of 34 males and 11 females. So, I mean, it sounds like pretty good, solid thinking, if you ask me. The Young Bucks opponents for House of Glory's High Intensity 8th, which is held, being held at Jamaica, New York on August the 9th, is none other than Private Party. Fuck yes. My daughter and I will be there. We got fourth row seats. Uh, we went last summer, and like I said in the past, the venue was great, and the atmosphere kicked ass. Last year was the first time we've ever seen Private Party, and I even said then, those kids are stars. I'm super excited about this match. With two teams like the Bucks and Private Party, they're going to tear the fucking roof off the place. I can't wait to see how the rest of the card shapes up also. Last year, they had the likes of Loki, Sammy Callahan, and Austin Aries, just to name a few. Enzo, Enzo Amori, all, all that. Uh, I hope this year will at least compare or be better. This is House of Glory's version of their WrestleMania. It's their biggest event of the year. Uh, I was wondering why Kenny Omega only had his hair dyed and had Akuma from Street Fighter's symbol on his back when, and then he wore his regular gear at Fighter Fest. Come to find out that a seamstress mailed his Akuma outfit and she told him it would get to him by Monday. And of course the pay-per-view was last Saturday, so it would have been two days too late. He said, well, I guess I'll never be able to wear that ring gear, which really sucks because you know it had to be friggin' awesome. You've seen how the Young Bucks outfits were. Uh, I hope we get to see it some way, someday, somehow, whether it's in a skit or maybe next year when they go back, because you know that outfit's got to be pimp as hell. Uh, there is a great pic on my Twitter of John Moxley and Joey Janela. Uh, Moxley's enjoying a beer. Uh, Joey's having a mixed drink, and they're sitting together after Fighter Fest that night, just chilling out. I guess kayfabe is dead, eh? Well, I love it. I love behind-the-scenes stuff like that. And mark my words, Joey Janela is a future star. That kid's the future. Also, John Moxley released a pic of his back after that crazy unsanctioned fact fight those two had. It looked gnarly. Uh, they all had the uh, excuse me. All these videos and stories that I cover, plus more, are all on AEW Insider on Facebook and Twitter. So check us out and join our groups. It was reported that Fighter Fest did not sell out. I didn't expect it to, uh, but Google says that it did not live up to the hype of Double or Nothing or uh, All All In, of course. But I mean, come on, you know, I mean, it's not going to be every show and all that. As long as it maintains and the hype surrounding when they have their big events, people show up. That's all that counts. Uh, WWE is, is claiming that AEW will implode over their own hype. I highly doubt that. But in the same breath, somebody from WWE said that their main concern concern about AEW is that they are reaching more non-WWE fans than WWE is themselves. 
Uh, Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, put a big AEW rumor to rest. It has come to light that the Hall of Famer Bret Hart, I don't know if he said it or it was just said, that he was not their first choice to introduce the AEW world title at Double or Nothing. Supposedly, it was none other than the Nature Boy Ric Flair, but due to his illness at the time, he couldn't. The Nature Boy said, nope, it never happened. It is an honor that they would give, I would be considered for that honor, but I was never approached for a deal for it. So it sounds pretty, it was just either backstage talk or just crap. Uh, Chris Van Vliet, or Valet, is at it again, heavy this week. He's been heavy all this year. He released tons of interviews, footage of after Fighter Fest. You know when the AEW pay-per-views are over, they have him backstage at a main event, and that's how they do their coverage, like New Japan does. Uh, he has people like the Young Bucks on there, MJF, and more. MJF explained to the, uh, excuse me, to the reporters in the crowd that Tony Khan lets him say and do what he wants as he berated and cursed at them. That uh, was awesome. Also, he did a great interview with Luchasaurus, a definite, a definite must-see. I know Luchasaurus from NXT. He started when NXT first started. He was on there. He went under the name Judas. Then I followed him on the CBS summer hit show Big Brother for a season. He bagged one out of two very hot blondes that season of Big Brother. <clears throat> then I seen him on Lucha Underground, now AEW. He covers the whole him and Jungle Boy gimmick, his mask, and how very intelligent he is, and the master degree that he has. He's got a master degree in history. I pretty much knew all this stuff about Luchasaurus, but if you don't, definitely check it out. Chris Van Vliet, or Valet, as always, is on fire. If you know his name, man, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook so I don't keep butchering it. Is it Vliet, Valet? Who knows? Uh, this week's Road to uh, Fight for Fallen, Episode 2, was decent. It covered a lot of things that happened at Fighter Fest. It had a skit of MJF again backstage after Sean Spears attacked Cody Rhodes. They were escorting Sean Spears out of the building, and they were talking to smack at each other. Uh, MJF was pissed and wants his head because Cody, of course, is his BFF and his mentor. So it's weird because I don't know why they have them in tagging in the six-man match. Uh, I hope MJF turns on him during that match and uh, what you call it, in All Out in September. And uh, Spear, well, excuse me, five, uh, excuse me. I hope. All right. Well, let's get to the six man match first. It's announced in that episode two that there will be a six-man match. It's a three-on-three tag. On one side, you have Darby Allen, my dog Joey Janela, and Jimmy Havoc versus MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger. That match is going to be awesome. But like I said, they also showed MJF backstage wanting to beat the shit out of Sean Spears for what he did to Cody. So I hope during that three-on-three tag match, MJF turns on Spears, and that sets him up for a fight at All Out in September. It ended, all right, uh, what you call, the episode ended with a Brandy Rhodes promo. It just gave a lot of insight of what she's been through. A lot of us don't know Brandy Rhodes because she was just Cody's wife, but I know her from NXT, what have you, and I've heard about what she did before that, but this goes into her life stories, how hard she works, what she's achieved, and all the hoops she had to jump through to get there. It's de- definitely catch this episode. Uh, this week's Being the Elite was pretty much, it was, co- it was called like backstage at Fighter Fest or whatever. So pretty much did the whole Fighter Fest page pay-per-view. There were some things we really haven't seen, but a lot you have if you're a fan and you've been watching. You know what I mean? Uh, one of the good spots in it, Trent Beretta and Chucky e. T were caught on a stage in a, in a skit, in a tent on the stage. Uh, Chucky e. T was either laid out or laid on his stomach, and Trent Beretta had like some bottle. I don't know if he was trying to end or rape his best friend or inject him with steroids or something, but it was funny and it looked freaking crazy. I don't know, though. It was a decent episode. 
All right, on to some WWE news. It seems like the Canelises can't stay out of hot water. They were in WWE's bag races for a while, but they just signed a five-year deal for 500000 each a year for five years, which is awesome. Yet it came out that Maria Canellis is expecting her second child. So I wanted to send a congratulations for myself and the AEW Insider to Maria and Mike Canellis on their second child that's coming. I wish you guys the best. It's great. Uh, the only minor detail is, is that she did not tell WWE she was pregnant with her second child until after they signed their new five-year deal. So I, maybe they would have thought different of it because she's going to be out of a five-year deal. She's going to be off the shelf for at least nine months with the baby and then all that time to raise it with the other one at home. So they're going to be pretty much, as always with these two, paying them for fucking nothing. It's insane. Uh, and I think that's why the angle happened this week when she definitely emasculated her husband on national TV in front of millions and everybody there. And it was just crazy. So if you didn't see what happened between the Canellises on uh, excuse me, WWE TV this week, check it out because it's definitely a, one, a start to their punishment about what they did. And we all know that WWE loves the punish if you do them dirty. Uh, it is reported that WWE is trying to bring back The Rock for SmackDown on Fox. We all know SmackDown was created for The Rock, hence the name of SmackDown, one of his trademark phrases, and they're going to do what they have to. Fox is not happy with the ratings and the viewer responses. Also, Vince is talking to none other, other than our president, Donald Trump about appearing on SmackDown also when they debut on Fox in the fall. Trump might just do it because, one, they're friends, two, he's done it many times in the past, three, he loves his ego stroke, and four, the upcoming election. So I think the first few weeks, if not months, of SmackDown on Fox are going to be a friggin' blast, just like they were when they did the brand split again a few years back and they had Talking Smack, what have you. That was good stuff. I miss Talking Smack like a mofo. It was also reported that Sasha Banks was offered a massive WWE contract a few days ago. It was a multi-year seven-figure deal. I don't think the boss is going to sign. I hope not anyway. She needs to go somewhere where she can be used. Sasha Banks used to be amazing on NXT and on Team Bad. After that, straight to the toilet. And she was injury prone too, so who knows? Don't sign it though, Sasha. I mean, you can, of course. Who wants to pass on that money? But if you actually want to do something and earn your money and be happy at times, you got to go elsewhere. Uh, an old interview was brought to light on Twitter. It was with Undertaker, and he said in the past that he wanted to retire before he gets too old. Well, we see how that's going. You know what I mean, Mark? I love to take her, but rest in, let him rest in peace, friends. I mean, I mean, give me a break. Talking about living your gimmick like she's Undertaker. He can't rest in peace. Uh, Seth Rollins offered an apology online to New Japan star Will Ospreay, which he should have. Ospreay is effing amazing and legit. He said that he regrets talking about that uh, comparing their bank accounts. He knew when he sent it, it was garbage, and it's not him, and it's against his morals. He said he stands by uh, WWE being the best in pro wrestling. Their crew did an amazing job this week, and he's proud to be their champion, but he didn't mean to throw shade at Ospreay. And that's good, because he shouldn't, because Ospreay would destroy Rollins in the ring like legit. Ospreay is freaking amazing. Uh, XW first, excuse me, X first WWE cruiserweight champ TJP was brought to tears in the Philippines at a recent event when they gave him a standing ovation. That kid is good. Another wasted talent by WWE. 
uh, Sam Not Sam, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, YouTube show, what have you. He did a crossover interview with X-Pac from Degeneration X. He has his own show called X-Pac 360. So they did a dual simulcast and they just talked to each other. It was good. They covered a lot of stuff about Pac and the Hall of Fame, how we got to speak a lot more for the Hall of Fame in the WWF 25th anniversary, about X-Pac when he taught at the WWE Performance Center, what have you. It was very good, so definitely check it out on YouTube. Uh, Adam Cole is being an amazing NXT champion like I knew he would, baby. He's on a world tour. It's like a NXT world champ or Adam Cole world champ world tour. This week, his stop was none other than the hometown of ex-NXT champ Johnny Gargano. If you're a real fan and you watch the little show they had before the last pay-per-view when Adam Cole beat Johnny for his belt, they showed a big, big promo. Adam Cole was on the road working like a mofo, and Johnny Wrestling went home. He went to meet his family, went to his family's restaurant. He went to a wrestling school. He told everybody they can make it there. Not saying they can or they can't, but some aren't going to make it. You know what I mean? He let all the kids hold the title, blah, blah, blah. Well, Adam Cole, that was his stop this week. So he actually pre-ordered four pizzas. He went and picked it up from none other than Johnny Gargano's father himself in the Gargano's Pizza Place. Uh, Johnny Gargano's father was not happy at all to see him, but he conducted himself like a perfect gentleman and businessman. He went to go get uh, Adam Cole's pizzas from the back. And at their, uh, excuse me, Johnny's father has like a little wall of fame in a pizza shop. Like you could say, for example, not saying, don't quote me, but like Rocky Balboa and this one are just real stars that they're proud of. And Johnny's picture is there, of course. Well, Adam Cole already had a pre-signed 5 by 10 or whatever, 10 by 10 5 by 10 whatever the hell it is, autographed picture of himself, and he dumb-tacked it on a wall real quick. Uh, the picture did read, now you get here as a champion that you can really be proud of, Adam Cole Bay Bay. So he got his pizza, he thanked Johnny Gargano's dad, and he mentioned the picture on the wall. Johnny Gargano's dad was pissed, of course, and went and ripped it off the wall. Adam Cole's next spot was that same wrestling school that Johnny Gargano trained at and that he went back to and told all those kids he could make it, what have you. Adam Cole did not do any of that. He did the exact opposite. He said that Johnny is a loser. He told them that they would never make it, and nobody got to touch that beautiful gold. It was amazing heel work and riveting programming to watch. Kudos is always NXT. Uh, also, Shane Swerve, I think his last name is Strickland, I don't know, but if you follow the Inleys, he's a huge star there, his name is Swerve. Uh, he had his breakout debut this week at NXT's tournament, which is called the Breakout Tournament. He fought Damian Grimes. I thought Swerve had it in a bag until Grimes pulled out a big win on him, but that kid is go just going through the motions. He's a, he was a huge star in the Indies. My daughter and I seen his last independent match before he signed, I mean, before he started with WWE, this April at Sammy Callahan's Pancakes and Pile Drivers 3 in New York City when we were at there for Mass WrestleMania week. That kid's awesome. Uh, Bianca Belair had a hell of a showing this week again on NXT. I think she's definitely turning heel, heel and she will excel at that. Uh, she's a friggin' powerhouse. All around package, she's going to be a star. They closed the show with Tyler Breeze and my dog Roderick Strong from Undisputed. Roderick run with the help from Undisputed, but he did not need it. Trust me. I've been following Roddy for years, all through the Indies and over. Any match that guy is in, it's going to be level, excuse me, elevated to the next level. Strong is a friggin' machine. 
Uh, little Rio, Leo Rush news. He's still in the doghouse. Even though we have not seen him at all on WWE, he's a name not to be said. He removed everything WWE from all his social media. Come to find out he's still under contract. They didn't let him home, go. And he's sitting at home collecting minimal money. And he, it's just crazy. He used to take to Twitter. One of the reasons he's in the doghouse is that he wasn't making enough money. And that's when he was being used, beaming with Bobby Rashley, Lashley hitting the road. Can you imagine what he's making now? If that wasn't enough, he's really got to be sick. You get what you put out there, Leo Rush. Enjoy the two-bag. A waste, though, man. The kid's great in the ring. Uh, Corey Graves actually said, holy shit, this week on Raw. I'm telling you, that's the start of the beginning of getting a little more edge back into the WWE product. And I can't wait to see how far they're going to push the envelope in the future. Uh, Raw was eh this week. Um, right at the start, I had a big Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley segment. Braun legit put them both through the screen and the stage. And then, uh, what you call it? What was I going to say? Put it through the screen in the stage, and then both of them were carted out by the ambulance. When they went through the stage under the Titan Tron through the screen, you know, that shows the LED, I swear to God, every single firework they had left over for WrestleMania, they set off right there because it just looked ridiculous. Uh, they covered the 24 7 title. Drake Maverick is backstage with his wife. His wife's pissed, of course, because that's all he's got in his mind is that 24 7 title. He promised that she gave him an ultimatum. It's either her or the title. So he said, Baby, you know, I mean, the world to me, I don't want to lose you, yada yada, that title's nothing, you know what I mean, of course I, I choose you, uh, what you call it, at, towards the end of the show, he had a perfect chance to beat R-Truth for the title, and he took it, he's the new second time 24-7 W, uh, excuse me, WE champion, uh, w, I can't even talk, 24-7 WWE champion, which I said, so I don't know why the hell I said it again, but it's Drake Maverick, and his wife seemed to be cool with it, they took off, blah, 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 I think they were going on a honeymoon, but you know it's going to play into the future. Uh, Shane O'Mac and Drew McIntyre cut a promo and take her, oh, wait, wait, hold on, is this for all I was going to say? Okay, all right, sorry, all right. I don't know if I was on Raw SmackDown, I got to take a break soon, I apologize. But after the whole Drake Maverick thing, yada yada, Shane O'Mac and Drew cut a promo, Undertaker appeared, he told them they would never rest in peace, and it's just a setup for he and Roman going against Shane and Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules in a hardcore match. Uh, and to close out the show, AJ Styles fought Ricochet again, uh, they pull off a hell of a match, Ricochet pulled out the win, which he deserved to, and then in the end, the club jumped them and beat the piss out of them. Alright, we're going to be back, uh, what you call it, we got some Smackdown news, I got some Ring of Honor news, some movie news, and some video game news. So definitely stay tuned. As always, this is Lee Bentz with AEW Insider. Uh, some of the sources we get our news from, on print and online, our Wrestling Observer, PW Insider, Fightful.com, WrestleTalk, Cultaholic, Sean's View, Ringside News, Pro Wrestling Sheet, WWFOldSchool.com, Bodyslam.net, and Sam Roberts, just to name a few. All right, we'll be right back to finish up this show. As always, it's the AEW Insider. All right, folks, we're back. Thank you for coming back and joining us. It's the AEW Insider. Definitely check us out on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. If you have any questions, you want to see something, something you don't want to hear, if you just want to talk, message me, you know, tweet at me, whatever you like. Definitely join our groups, WFW Fan Group and AEW Insider on Facebook. We have a lot of interaction, good stuff there. All right, let's finish out this show. On to SmackDown. 
It opened with KO doing the KO show. Uh, he had, uh, excuse me, Drew McIntyre and Shane on again, snore. Like, I love Shane. I love Drew. I think Drew's the future. But enough's enough, man. Like, come on. Too much TV time. You got a whole roster full of people backstage. Like, give people time to shine. All right, uh, Dolph Ziggler came out, and he was about to start whining and crying. KO, excuse me, ripped into him verbally, and it was an amazing, amazing segment. And uh, they're pushing KO to be a babyface instead of a heel, which I think is trash, and I'll get to that in a bit. Uh, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe had a vicious segment with Kofi Kingston. In the end, Joe gave Kofi a few seconds to shake his hand before he quote unquote started slapping him around. Uh, Kofi instead gave him a finger and then followed it up with the trouble in paradise. Uh, heavy machinery fought Dolph Ziggler and KO in the main event. At the beginning of the show, Kane said that he wanted Dolph and them to team up against Heavy Machinery, and the winner actually gets to fight Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan for the belt at Extreme Rules. So you know, of course, Heavy Machinery is going to uh, win it because uh, Dolph and uh, excuse me, KO don't need it, and they're going to be in a different storyline probably. In the end, Dolph super kicked KO by an, in the face by mistake, and Heavy Machinery got the win. They're going to be fighting Daniel Bryan and Eric growing for the belt at extreme rules and daniel bryan's team will win and i would say now even though it wasn't said that Dolph ziggler is going to wind up fighting ko at the pay-per-view the ko babyface turn sucks ko is and always should be a heel it's what he excels at all right real quick on to some ring of honor news as i reported last week flip gordon is now part of villain enterprises he is their fourth member he released a footage uh, excuse me a picture of his new ring gear it's on my uh twitter if you want to check it out uh he has no shirt on he's got like a black shiny trench coat with a black gas mask it looks pretty cool uh flip has mad talent him and matt marty scroll are tight with the elite uh it's great they teamed up with each other to help write out their contracts with Ring of Honor until both are free to join their boys, the Elite, in AEW. Uh, speaking of villain enterprises, PCO is on Twitter. He's he's the man. Not only is he the man in his 50s and he's amazing in his ring, he loves his fans and he will straight up interact with you on Twitter. He's a great guy. He tweeted a post about a family he met at an autograph se session and how they touched his heart, but then kind of took that back because he's a monster and doesn't have a heart. <laughs> also, Busted Open Radio's on vacation this week, so they had a best of. Uh, they featured PCO and many others like Jim Ross, Tony Khan, and Chris Jericho. So definitely check out PCO on Twitter and on Busted Open Radio and Busted Open Radio in general. Uh, also, Austin Gunn. He's the son of badass Billy Gunn, AEW employee, ex-WWE star, and Hall of Famer. Uh, his son actually got a contract with Ring of Honor, so congratulations to the kid. kid he is good. Um, I think him and Scott Hall kids, the son, are great. Both of their kids. And uh, what you call Brian Pillman Jr. is awesome, too. All right, that's really it for the wrestling news. So if you want to tune out, you can now. Thank you, as always. It's the AEW Insider. Right now, I'm going to touch on some movie and video games real quick, and then we'll wrap up the show for the fourth. I need some barbecue. I need a steak, you know what I mean, what have you. Uh, let me see. The rights for Hellraiser, everybody knows about the Hellraiser movies, Clyde Barker, what have you, has been bought, and they plan on making a full-fledged television show on the Hellraiser subject matter. I think if they do it right, it could be amazing. Maybe like a weekly Twilight Zone, a Black Mirror, you know what I mean, with a screwed-up twist with Hellraiser with the Hell and Blood and Glory mixed in. I think that would be amazing. I just hope they don't shit the bed with this show. 
Uh, we are going to see Spider-Man and the cult horror flick Midsommar this weekend. So I will have my thoughts and reviews on both on the next show. Uh, Spider-Man's online right now. You can watch it, but the sound is effed up. So we're just going to use our movie passes and go see Spider-Man Far From Home in Midsommar this weekend. And it'll be on the next show. Uh, a trailer dropped this week for a movie called Knives Out. We've seen it a couple weeks ago and the movies, but it looks awesome. It's got a friggin' star-studded cast. I'd say it's a mix between the movie Greed, when the old man's dying or dies and the whole family wants his money, and uh, plus, uh, and plus, like, um, I don't know, the biggest whodunit mystery. It's about an elder who died, so the cops are there and they're trying to find out which one of his family members or what have you killed him, but it looks awesome. It's done in this day and age. The cast is killer, Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris Evans, uh, Daniel Craig, and that's the name of a few. I mean, the cast is full of people, and I can't wait to find out who does it and see this dysfunctional family in action. So check out the trailer for Knives Out on YouTube. Uh, the video game company named Remedy has secured the rights for the cult classic Alan Wake and many other titles. I have been waiting for a true Alan Wake sequel for eons, and now it can be made. I'm super excited about that one. Uh, with that and the new Blair Witch coming out, I just can't wait. It looks like the new Blair Witch borrowed a lot from Alan Wake, so I think they're both going to be good stuff. Uh, Alan Wake is like the movie In the Mount of Madness, when all their scary, fucked-up stories start coming to, to real life, you know what I mean, and going after them. All right, and also the cult smash hit video game The Witcher, Witcher 1, 2, 3, what have you. It's getting its own Netflix show very soon. Like, they're already in production. They released casts of uh, still shots of them in full costumes, what have you. I'm not a Witcher fan, but if you are, you guys will be excited about that. What I can't wait for is the Resident Evil Netflix show that is being filmed uh, right now. Alright, so that's it right now, folks. We'll be back. Uh, like I said, the last episode is the third highest I've ever had, like, viewership rise. And it's only a couple away from being the second ever. So thank you guys as always. As I said from the start, if you don't let me down, I won't let you down. I'm a huge, huge wrestling mark, and I love spreading the news, you know what I mean? I would love to interact with you guys, too, but you act like you don't know, brother, and head them up. <laughs> but anyway, uh, definitely check out my boy Two Tooth with Jabber Jabber Wrestling Universe. They're more wwe oriented but those guys are awesome and definitely tune in next week and check us out on all major social media platforms the aew insider facebook twitter youtube what have you as always i'm your host lee benz this is the aew insider ciao